What's up, guys? This is Miles Markowitz. And this is Brad Thomas. Here to give you the best sports insights to beat your book. You only need to ask one question. What's the spread? Yes, sir. We are back. College football week four, NFL week three. Welcome in. What's the spread? Brad, how we doing? I'm doing great, Miles. Another day that we get to talk about football. As long as I'm talking about football with you, man, I think life is great. Yeah, I uh, I am right there with you. Uh, hey, good weekend uh, for us in, uh, what was it, college football week three, yeah. NFL week two. We both went two and one in college, called the Navy upset. Oh my gosh, that what Navy game. game. Unbelievable. Uh, congrats on your four and a week in the NFL. <laughs> thank you. I was three you. and one. So how about a combined seven and one in NFL? Uh, things are really starting to take shape, but we have another wrench to look into. How about the SEC starting playing? I feel like there is an entire other cultural ball season actually starting again. <laughs> I think if you, if you look at me right now, I'm actually getting goosebumps yeah, thinking I, about I, it. Like the game has changed. It was crazy because I, I, the first two weeks I didn't really have anything to look forward to outside of making bets. Right. I've been making plans for Saturday around 7 p.m. when that? Bama kicks off. I'm jealous, man. I mean, still got to wait be soon, a little bit so. of time for the Big Ten. But, hey, we got the SEC back. We got some good games. Kicking it off with number 23, Kentucky, number 8, Auburn. Auburn coming in as an eight-point favorite. Noon kickoff. I'll go ahead with my pick. Brad, I'm taking the plus eight with Kentucky. Who do you like? Miles, I'm taking Auburn minus eight. All right. So what do you like about Auburn going into this season opener? So there's a couple things here. They did lose Derrick Brown. But, you know, one thing about Auburn is they always retool on defense. Always. Bo Nix is coming back for a second year. Stellar season last year. And Auburn is very good at home. Although there's no fans, I still think that these players get up for home games. I've been watching it and noticing that even though there's no fans, they're still pointing to the crowd, acting as if they're celebrating for their student body. Auburn 9-2 and two against the spread. I mean, straight up here in their last 11 home games. Yeah, they are tough at home. Really, it comes down to what do we expect from these teams coming into this season opener? We got Bo Nix. We got Terry Wilson coming off an injury who, yes. if everybody forgot who Terry Wilson was, the QB for Kentucky, he's the one that led them to a 10-win season in 2018. So what is he going to look like? Bo Nix really hasn't really given me anything to believe that he can have enough offensive firepower to cover the eight. I say, with not really knowing anything about these teams coming into this, I like the points. Kentucky returning four starters on offense. Mark Stoops really coming in. It, it, you know what's funny is that every time I seem to doubt Kentucky, they have a good season. Yes. Like 2018-10. Last season, they had a wide receiver, a quarterback, and they were competitive in the SEC. Yes. Tell me how you do that. And now you have a legitimate QB coming back. Do we think this is going to be a defensive game, offensive game? What are we looking at? I think this is going to be a defensive game. One of the trenches, I was leaning Kentucky for a little bit here, right? And you know Kentucky wants to slow the pace of the game down. They want to run the ball a right. lot. But, you know, a quarterback coming off injury kind of scares me. Sure. And I fully expect year two in the SEC, think about quarterbacks at big programs, what they've done in year two, how they've taken that next step. And I hate to use this as an example, but we have to look at Joe Burrow. Like, he's taking that next step, and I think Joe Burrow is the the pinnacle of what every year two quarterback wants to be in this new, this SEC world, you know? Right. It's a good point there. Uh, and also, just uh, the other point I liked, talking about the line movement, this line opened with Auburn at almost a two-touchdown favorite. Yes. Uh, and it quickly moved all the way down. So, you know, uh, we'll see kind of how that or how the line even moves now. I even saw it at seven and a half. We'll see how it moves, but all right, that's our first game. What we got next? Next, we have Mississippi State at number six, LSU. LSU is a 18-point favorite here. Miles, who do you like? All right, 3.30 p.m. kickoff here. Hey, 
again, another SEC opener. I'm taking the points. Mike Leach, his uh, first game at Mississippi State, I'm taking the plus 18. Miles, I am taking the plus 18 as well. All right. Let me go ahead and tell you why. Like you said, Mike Leach is coming into Mississippi State. But the crazy thing about him going to Mississippi State is not that he's going to this skeleton of a team. He's getting graduate transfer. KJ Costello coming here. Kalen Hill is back. I'm really excited to see Terrell Shavers, Alabama wide receiver who couldn't crack that starting roster with all those great wide receivers. The start of Mike Ear Le- uh, Leach error, I think, is going to go really well. What, why do you like this? Yeah, I mean, so KJ Costello coming in here, he was never in the right system at Stanford. No. Now he's just, I mean, just get back there, run and gun, young yes. man. I mean, that's really what it's going to be. I think that this plus 18 has backdoor cover written all, all over it. Yes. I mean, all over. Mike Leach isn't going to come here and put up a, a an egg in his first game. Yes. Uh, as head coach of Mississippi State, I'm not saying that they're going to be necessarily competitive, but 18 is a lot of points. We know how much LSU lost. It's been one of the biggest stories in the SEC. 14 past. drafted players. Huge. Not to take anything away from LSU, I still think they're going to be a good team, but I yes. think 18 is a exorbitant amount of points to be putting up in an SEC opener, especially in this COVID era. LSU 1-8 against the spread in their last nine home games in September. And they're only returning one starter on the offensive line. Yes. Miles Brennan, his first star. I think Miles Brennan is going to have a really good season. I do too. And so part of me was like, is is Joe Burrow, was Joe Burrow a system quarterback? Mm-hmm. But now watching him play in the NFL, I'm starting to give more of the credit to Joe Burrow than I am the system that he was in. Yeah, uh, I think that's fair to say. And I think that Miles Brennan is one of those QBs with maybe not as much raw talent as Joe yes. Burrow, but who can absolutely succeed in this. Absolutely. Season. And I can't wait to watch Mike Leach's first game. Uh, I, I, it would not put it past me that Mike Leach hangs up so many points where LSU's team is looking confused. Problem Kenny Costello is going to run into is uh, Stingley because he might be the best defensive back in the country only as a sophomore. And I'll tell you, uh, another thing is I don't think the SEC has ever seen an offensive style like Mike Leach. No. I mean, we're talking about originating in the Big 12, and yes. then he took it out west, and now he's taking it. Here into the SEC, you know he's licking his chops. Yes. What a challenge for him. All right, next up, we got a tough one. Number 24, Louisville, coming off that uh, big loss to Miami last weekend, which was a really fun game to watch, by the way. And then we got number 21, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, three-point favorites at home here for a 12 o'clock kick. This was tough for me, Brad. I went back and forth on this one, but you know what? I landed on Pittsburgh minus three. Oh, we are on the other side. I'm actually on Louisville plus three, taking the points here. Who do you like here uh, as far as Louisville? What have you seen from them that makes you like the plus three? Louisville kind of got themselves in a tough situation. They allowed, what, two big monster touchdowns versus Miami. You eliminate those, it's a totally different game. And I said it last week on the podcast. If Cunningham can limit the turnovers, if he can stop throwing interceptions, they will win games. If you take that away, I think it's a, a totally different game. Now I'm just going to a, a battle of the quarterbacks. We have Kenny Pickett yep. versus we have uh, Mikel Cunningham. Better defense for Pitt, but a better offense for Louisville. If Pitt gets in trouble, if Pitt struggles, Louisville will win this game. I do think Louisville took that step. Remember if we were questioning if they took that step before yep. the Miami game— we both were on Miami, or I was on Miami. I, I, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we were yeah, both I, on Miami, all, all yeah, Miami. And I thought Miami would have an easier game against Louisville. But Louisville showed that they took that step. They're not missing Beckton on the offensive line, that which I thought would be a huge hole to fill with a beast like that. They just need to limit those plays that shoot themselves in the foot. 
Yeah, well, and that's really one of the main reasons why I'm on Pittsburgh because I think Pittsburgh is going to make less of those plays that's going to go against them. I think Cunningham still has a turnover bug. He is balling. Yes. He's, he's definitely getting the yards. He's, he's making the plays. But I think Pittsburgh's defense is good enough to slow the game down a little bit, limit possessions, and you mentioned Kenny Pickett. He's actually playing really well. Now, their competition hasn't been the best. They beat Austin P 55-0. They beat Syracuse last weekend 21-10. However, they sacked Syracuse 7 times in that game and I know that it's Syracuse but I like the combination of that strong pass rush and Cunningham's prone to turnovers yeah so I like that combination but with this Pittsburgh minus three line I think with these two teams it's so difficult because usually when we go into conference play we really have an idea of what these teams are bringing to the table yes but even after two weeks of play in the ACC it's still hard to tell you mentioned Louisville taking a step last week I think they did Miami took a bigger step yes but I think that if Cunningham limits the turnovers, it is going to be tough for Pittsburgh to win this game, but I'm counting on the ball control and the mistakes. All right, what's our last college game? Last college game, we have number 22 Army traveling to number 14 Cincinnati. Cincinnati is a 13 and a half point favorite. Miles, I am taking the points here. This is probably the most I've ever taken the points in a podcast in college football. I'm with you. I got Army plus 13 and a half. Honestly, I can't believe I'm doing it, but you know what? Cincinnati and I don't have a stat for you. I'm just going with my gut here because because I know this to be true because I love Cincinnati. I bet on them too much. <laughs> they can't cover big spreads. No. They're not really that kind of team. They don't blow you out. Right. And especially with a team like Army. Who's going right. to run the ball. Oh, and are they going to run the ball? All right. Now, I know that it's the competition, right? They, yes. They played Middle Tennessee. But in that game against Middle Tennessee, a 42-0 win, they had six guys with 30-plus rushing yards in that win. And then... The very following week, against Louisiana Monroe, 37-7 win, they had five guys with 40 or more rushing yards. Yes. This Army team, I don't care who the competition is, they are running efficiently. They run efficiently, run the ball well, and they are very solid on defense this year. And I, God, man, I hate that we're using Middle Tennessee and uh, Louisiana Monroe. Right. But they held Louisiana Monroe to seven points, and this is a historically, Army, historically, this Army team is... a a liability sometimes on defense. So you have a team that's going to run the ball, limit your possessions, and you have a team in Cincinnati who doesn't cover a lot. I know Desmond Ritter is back and blah, blah, blah. I don't see them as covering guys. Miami, in their last five games are against the spread, 5-0. and That's all I needed to do. I'm not putting any stock in that Austin P game. Yeah, and, and it's hard to, right? Because, and that's the other thing. We don't really know uh, as much about Cincinnati as we do Army right now. Yes. We know that Cincinnati is a very trendy pick. Before the Big Ten came back, everyone had them. A lot of people had them in the playoff. I mean, they, they were a trendy pick. Still a good pick to get to a New Year's Six game. It's really going to come down between them and UCF, yes. who also looked really good last looked weekend, great. by the way. But uh, not much to see here from Cincinnati. You mentioned De- uh, Desmond Ritter. He did look pretty good in that game, but I just feel more comfortable in what I've seen with Army. And let's not forget, folks, we're talking about a 13.5-point spread. Yes. So buy that up to 14, I feel pretty good about that. This game kind of reminds me of that game with Oklahoma State, right? Where you yeah. have a quarterback, in, in, even though he got knocked out in Sanders, who is not the quarterback that's going to like really make you pay. And I see that a lot with Ritter. Right. Like, where a lot of times where he's making these big explosive plays, it's kind of with his legs moving the chains. He's not that guy who's just constantly just hitting his mark, hitting his mark. And next thing you know, it, he's hung 21 up on you in the first half. He's not that kind of player. Right. And Cincinnati is not that kind of team no. to blow out and cover that spread easily. So at least Army will keep you in it throughout the game. All right, man. Before we head over into the NFL, uh, you want to do our underdog picks or? Oh, shoot. Yeah. Uh, pfft. 
We got a tutor on horn. I know we already talked about Navy, but Navy. how about that double call? Oh, my gosh. Wow. All right. There's uh, not as juicy of a pick this week. No. But who you got? I'm going with Mike Leach Harris starting Ooh! one. I said I was going to make a big call on this podcast. Nice. And, guys, underdogs, you, you got to take value here. Like, I'm not going to tell you that a five-point favorite in a favorite dog in Duke is going to beat Virginia. No. I think Mike Leach is going to come out and make a make a point here. I didn't get a chance to say this while we were talking because I was saving a little bit. Yeah. Right? Go ahead. Mississippi State, when they were using Kalen Hill last year, I think they misused him a lot. He's electric. He should be used in the passing game, and he's not should not be just being hammered down the middle every time. I think that Mike Leach will be excited to get Kalen Hill out in space. Watch for a big, big game from him. Yeah, and again, another reason to love the plus 18 Yes, and, and to take the points. All right, Brad, I am also going with the SEC. I'm going to go ahead and go with Kentucky as a straight-up underdog over Auburn. I think it's the beginning of the end for the Gus Malzahn era, and I think it's a perfect opportunity for a team like Kentucky who's yes. coming off a lot of success in COVID, no crowd to deal with, yep. Jordan Hare, to come in there, play a good defensive football game, and get the victory. So how about two SEC upset calls here? Wow. I SEC. mean, here's the thing. But it's a lot of unknowns. Gonna, there's a lot of unknowns. That's the thing. It's like we're going to see some upsets. Yes. In Specifically in the SEC. Yes. Um, with a lot of these matchups because there are so many unknowns. It's very similar to, well, actually, you know what? I'm going to say it's very dissimilar to the Big Ten, whereas I feel like in the Big Ten, there's not as much parity. Yes. There's a little more, or, uh, you, you kind of know what you're going to get out of the matchups, but there's so much parity in the SEC. Yeah, absolutely. And with so much uncertainty, this is kind of a weekend to let loose a little bit. Yep. And, and, and take those dogs. All right. So now before we get into the NFL games, let's go ahead and break for a little word from our sponsor. Hey, Miles. You know what would be pretty cool? If there's a social media app just for sports. You know, Brad, I was just thinking that. Like a social media app where there's a feed, where you can post about your picks, see what others are saying about the game. And you know how I love to see how the lines move throughout the week. Well, you're in luck. Vigit is the best social media platform just for sports. When you download Vigit, use promo code SPREAD and create your account today. All right. I'm going to tell you something right now. Monday night football. Ravens, Chiefs. Let's go. Oh, my God. We got him here as a three-point favorite. I mean, does it get any better than this? Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes. This This is the matchup we should have had. Yes. In the AFC Championship game. Battle for the MVP. Mike Vrabel's game plan completely ruined it. But I'm telling you, I think that this is going to be the new um, Brady-Manning in yes. the AFC Championship game. We're going to get these guys at least three times yep. in their careers playing for the AFC title. Um, I am going to go ahead and take the Ravens at home, minus three. What I'm taking like? the Kansas City Chiefs, plus, plus three. three. All right. I'll tell you what I like about the Ravens. First of all, they are one of the hottest teams I have seen. In regular season play, in a very long time, possibly ever. They are a covering machine right now, and especially in the first two weeks of the season, I've seen more out of the Ravens, and specifically the way the Ravens control the game, than I saw to the Chiefs. Maybe I'm just a little angry that the Chiefs didn't cover last weekend, but I will say, when it when it comes to Mahomes last week, he found a way to win, and the Chargers have an elite secondary. And elite. elite pass rush during that yeah. game, too. And, so. and, and, and Joey Bosa was all over yes, he Mahomes was. the entire game. Yes. But anyway, I, I just wanted to kind of go both sides there. But I'm going to take Lamar Jackson at home here. Only three points. I like that. What do you see in the Chiefs? 
I've seen the Chiefs here. Listen, Miles, that game that they did, that they won, by the way. Yeah. Let's go and put this in perspective for all of the, the gamblers out there and the sports lovers. The Chiefs are going to this game with full expectation that they're going to play against Tyrod Taylor. They were flipped upside down when right before the game, they had a change in quarterback. They went ahead and let him march all the way down the field. Well, you're the Kansas City Chiefs. What do you do? You respond. No. Joey Bosa is in the backfield destroying them. Baltimore top five defense in my opinion, but they do not have that elite pass rusher. That's the only thing that slows down Mahomes is pressure in his face. I'm not saying Baltimore won't get there, but they, they won't have that guy who, who Mahomes is in Mahomes' ear every single time. Also, in that game, not only did the Chiefs face adversity, but they found a way to win. By what? More than two and a half? Our spread's three here. Another point I really like here. In the Chiefs' last 11 games, they have covered in every single one. So you think they're not going to cover in back-to-back games? I'm going to have to take the Chiefs here. And it's no knock on Baltimore. Right. Personally, as a gambler, I think this is a 50-50 game. So give me the positive value here. Yeah. I think the spread also, uh, we're, we're going to see a 50-50 split. I've seen the line move to three and a half in a couple places. Uh, that's a game changer. Uh, but at three or two and a half, you know how I feel about that. It's, it's essentially a money line for me. Uh, so I like the Ravens at home. All right. What's next? Next, we have the hot Los Angeles Rams at the Buffalo Bills. The Bills here are a two and a half point favorite. Miles, once again, I'm taking the plus team. I'm with you, man. I'm taking Rams plus two and a half. Um, here's the thing. It's the Bills are hot right now, right? You got Josh Allen leading the league in passing. Yes. They haven't played anybody. We know that, but they've still looked good. The Rams. I'm giving the Rams the edge here. I think they come away with a straight-up win. Sean McVay is an offensive mastermind. This coach is making Jared Goff look like an MVP every single week. And no knock on Jared Goff. Yes. But he is not an MVP. Correct. In my book. Me either. System guy. It's a system guy. But this system, two weeks in a row... That Cowboy game, I mean, they just moved the ball. They moved the ball. They blow out the Eagles. I mean, listen, man, I, I just love what I've seen from the Rams so far. And with only two and a half? This is what makes me love the Rams here. The Rams are a team who all offseason have been talking about they're not getting the right pieces. They're letting guys go. Mm-hmm. Sean McVay has proven that his offense is built for the next man up. They lose Gurley in the offseason. Mac steps up. Mac gets banged up. Akers gets banged up. Henderson steps up. You call the right plays, you win the game. You call the right plays and execute, you cover the spread. Big time covers here um, versus the Cowboys where they were a dog yep. and versus the Eagles where they covered with ease. Buffalo showed me a lot of interesting things last game where... Is Josh Allen ready to be the AFC leader? Is he ready? And I don't think so. He still makes poor judgment in his secondary progressions. When you have a team, and, and why I say this, you have a team like the Miami Dolphins who has a very underrated secondary, you are going to see a similar situation with the Rams. So if that primary read's not there, Josh Allen will get in trouble a lot against the Rams. And we didn't even talk about the defense of the Rams, of how they've been playing, because Sean McVay has been doing such a great job. 
I have to back the Rams here. Yeah, and, and the Rams controlling the game against the Cowboys was really impressive. Yes. You can say what you want about the Cowboys, and we'll get to them. But the way they controlled that game against that Cowboys offense, where the Rams were overmatched in that yes. game, especially offensively. But Sean McVay doesn't care about that. You used the key word for me, execution. I don't know if any other team executes on a play-by-play basis better than a Sean McVay offense. Yes. Because you also mentioned Josh Allen uh, and his first and second option. Jared Goff's first option is open every Always. single crazy. time. He never has to go to his second yeah. option. I, I mean, it's crazy that I've never noticed it before because it's like, I kind of should have noticed it when they made their Super Bowl run, but now it's just really sticking with me. Whereas like, I thought, okay, they're a system, whatever. It's a system that works. Yes. And it's a system that right now, I think that the Rams are going to kind of start to prove themselves, well, especially in this game. Yeah. Because the Bills are so trendy right now. So trendy. They're going to win the AFC East, all this. And listen, that's warranted. I'm not saying the Bills are not. I mean, you just see Stephon Diggs. He balled. Balled. They have a number one receiver. Also, nothing against Josh Allen. I think that he has the ability to be a really good starting quarterback in this league. And I did not believe that before his playoff game last year. Yep. He really impressed me in that game. Yep. On the road. Almost got the win, and now he's coming into this season. Looks like a running back when he looks runs. like a running back. He looks like a, I mean, just a six six guy. You just can't bring down. He loves to run. He's physical. He's tough to bring down. However, I think he's going to be prone to more mistakes yes. in, a, in a game like this, where a lot of eyes are going to be on Buffalo. Yep. Absolutely, I totally agree, Miles. I like that you said that the running game needs a a, a lifeline. Um, I thought them bringing in Zach Moss would motivate uh, Singletary, but I'm starting to think that Singletary is the guy you need to feed for yeah. him to kind of break some and get get his rhythm going. Josh Allen wants to do it all. Yeah, this op this this entire offense is relying on Josh Allen. Man, give me the Rams in this yeah. system. That's beautiful. Same here, man. All right, moving on. Dallas Cowboys, Seattle Seahawks. Man, I am always geared up for a big-time Dallas game. Seahawks are minus five here at home, a 425 kickoff. First, can we talk about the Cowboys game? The oh Cowboys, my oh my God. Gosh, that onside kick was the best, technically, the best onside kick I've ever seen. It had to have been because, especially with the new onside kick rules, where the runners can't get a head start. Yeah. Oh my, I, I, it was like the Falcons just... We're just in awe of how perfect it they was. Were just wa- <laughs> they were just watching it cross the 10-yard mark, <laughs> and the boys just picked it up. They honestly watched it. Like, I watched replay like three it was times, insane. and I was like, they're literally watching the ball. Incredible comeback. Uh, it just goes to show that Dak Prescott is never out of a game. More importantly, Dak Prescott is never out of a spread. All right. I like the Cowboys here, plus five. They're 0-2 against the spread so far this season. They're due to cover a spread. Who do you like? Miles, you're going to learn to stop betting on the Cowboys. <laughs> I'm actually taking the Seahawks here minus five. No way the Cowboys start 0-3 against the spread. I'm saying it right here, Brad. There's no way. And you know it's going to take a lot for me to bet against the Seahawks at home. But here's the thing. Everyone wants to talk about the Cowboys defense. The Cowboys defense did not have as bad of a game as people are making them out to be. I would argue that the Cowboys defense kept them in that game. The Cowboys fumbled it three times in the first quarter inside their own 50. And two horrible fake punt calls <laughs> that were that was nobody's fault except McCarthy. Yes. I mean, just clown calls. You've got C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott. If you want to go for it on fourth down, just go for it on fourth down. Yeah. Those were horrendous calls. The fact that the Cowboys only went down in that game 20 to nothing was a gift. And somehow, that defense was able to keep them in the game, keep it within 19, so that Dak could make his fourth quarter comeback. 
So I think you're, everything you're saying sounds so amazing. It sounds right in I my eyes. it does. But then let's not give credit to the Cowboys for escaping against the Falcons. The Falcons and I wasn't. are I was, awful. I was, I, was giving, I was giving the defense their credit when everyone wants to talk shit about their defense. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, but what Dak's running into here is, let's, we're going to call a spade a spade. The Falcons are one-dimensional. They scored a lot of points but should have scored more. But if they had a semblance of a running game, they would be at least decent. Or a, I can't knock on Matt, Matty Ice. He played well. You did. The, what I like no here mistakes. is no. Yeah. What I like here is Dallas is banged up on defense. I got the news that uh, Trayvon Diggs might not even play at corner. We have Russell Wilson, who is building a beautiful MVP campaign here. Over two games, six hundred and ten yards through the air, nine touchdowns, only one interceptions. Doing more, almost half of that on his leg with his legs. So another two hundred something yards. I think that the wide receiving core for the Seahawks is vastly underrated. Oh, my gosh. I would agree with that. Vastly underrated. Metcalf is one of the most fun receivers to watch in the league right now. is a stud. Dallas, troubles in the secondary, which caused a lot of that. You think about that game where they played against Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley looked like— He was wide open every play. Yes, like he looked like he knew what Dallas was calling before Dallas called it. In the last 17 games for the Seahawks, they're 12-5 and five against the spread. Dallas, you said you don't think Dallas will start the season 0-3 against the spread? In their last seven, they're 2-5. and five. It's because they never get favorable lines. The Cowboys never get favorable lines. I think Dallas is going to have a chance here to lose by double digits. Wow. But even with their offensive firepower. I, I think mean, so. You, you take away their three fumbles in the first quarter and a slow start. That's the thing. The, the Cowboys have to learn to stop. Starting We're also the game talking so about a game slow. against the against the Falcons. Yeah, who are not? I, I agree. I I don't think the Falcons are any good. No, this year I think that the Cowboys should have beaten them handily, and they didn't. But a lot of that was on those first quarter mistakes. One or two. One or two things is going to happen because of that game, and we're going to figure it out this week. Talk to me. Dallas used that ending of that game to spark something magical. I think it's hard not to when it was one of the most historic comebacks in the history of the league. Or that game. Expose some of Dallas's problems. It could have. It will trickle over into this game. But I'll tell you what it didn't expose. It did not expose any weaknesses in their offense because that is an electric it, offense. I think that this is a great game to take the over. Oh, I do too. Both sides have like great that. quarterbacks with uh, with legs. Playing really well. Playing I mean, well. Prescott threw for 450 yards. I mean, he was the reason, again, he was the reason that, that, that the Cowboys are in every game. Dak Prescott is always in the position to at least give you a chance to win the game. Every Cowboy game is like a roller coaster ride, but with five points... I'm liking the plus five. But I love how you said you're going to learn. You're going to learn to stop betting on the Cowboys. Because, hey, we'll see. I don't want any text messages. I know. I texted you. I don't want any text messages about betting on the Cowboys. I will not be betting on the Cowboys. Such a sucker for these Cowboy bets. All right, man. Let's wrap it up. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Denver Broncos. The Buccaneers are minus six. Who do you like? Who'd you pick? I picked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus six. What about you? Uh, I'm all over Tampa Bay minus six. Are you kidding me? What are we? Okay. I'll just give you my argument. What are we talking about here? No Drew Locke. No Corlin Sutton. Tom Brady. Only. What, what are we talking about? It's Brady minus six. I'm all over the Bucs. I think that last week, uh, and even the week before, I mean, listen, it was Brady's first week in the offense, but man. They looked a lot better last week. I don't care that it was the Panthers. Yeah. They looked a lot better last week. And they got the late cover. They lo- they looked a lot better. Okay, so no notes for this because I've been excited to talk about yes. this for a long time. I don't care about the notes. I don't need the notes. 
this defense, the guts of Bowles to reconstruct this defense to a way that he likes. Carlton Davis playing great. When you take young guys and you have a chance to mold them into your offense, I think the secondary has been highly, highly underrated. They got a lot of flack from that that um, New Orleans games. But you have to remember, Brady threw, what, two picks? And one of them was yeah. a pick six? Exactly. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a borderline top three defense. Todd Bowles has instilled fear into these guys that if they miss tackles, they won't play. You see young guys getting action, and this pass rush is elite. All Tom Brady has to do now is go have fun. That's what he was used to in New England. Right. And I think he saw that last game where this defense turned well, he turned Bridgewater over, what, the first possession? Tom Brady was like, I can relax. He did have two turnovers that were one was timing, 100% timing. And that, like I said, that will come. Like that handoff, they fumbled the ball, timing. Another thing that I really liked about this team, we get Godwin back, and Fournette has shown that this is a true two-back offense. Feed him the ball. Fournette will get 12-plus carries this yeah, game. Rojo will get his 11, and we will see what they call it, fire and lightning. We got the speed back in in uh, Rojo, and then we got the power back in Fournette. We didn't even talk about Denver. Denver struggles to me weren't with Jeff Driscoll's play. Jeff Driscoll threw for 256 yards, didn't even know he was going to play, picked it up, right. almost got them back into the game. Their struggle was protecting the quarterback. So you're telling me you're going to go against T.J. Watt in, in the Steelers one week, and then the next week now you got Shaq Barrett yeah. in the Bucks. It's going to be the same story. I think this is the last time. And we got to take advantage of it. So I'm all over this minus six. It's the last time we're going to get a favorable spread for the Buccaneers this yes. year. Because I think they blow the Broncos out of the water. Get, you know what another guarantee I have? Tom Brady will find Gronk. You know Gronk yeah, was in the where, locker room like... Where has he been? Tom Brady, I'm here. Yeah. And then that you know just, I'm still here. That man. just makes that offense so explosive. I really enjoyed watching that game last week because I was like, how do we respond? Like, Tom Brady had all these weapons that are just getting banged up and banged up. And now he just has Evans... He made Evans like, – you can't make Evans look like an all-star because he had an all-star, all, a pro bowler. But the way he utilized Evans in more than just that post-corner kind of play, he used him in underneath routes, dig routes. He sent him on his post in his corners. He used him in every style you possibly could. And I think the reason we saw so much of that wasn't because that Chris Godwin was out. It was because Brady can make all those throws. With Jameis – you send someone on a dig route, that might be a pick six. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that game. No Vaughn, no Lindsey, no Sutton, no Locke. Yeah, they're they're so shorthanded. That's only analysis that you can get from a true Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. And I'm right there with you, buddy. So it is not a homework pick. Buccaneers minus six. Way to end it. That was fun. Hey, let's see if we can uh, get fired up in the NFL here, man. Dude, let's kill We're it again. Let's fire. kill it again. Guys, please be sure to download What's the Spread on iTunes, Stitcher, or however else you get your podcast. Drop us a like, a rating, and be sure to download Vigit.